0: Hello and
1: welcome to the Soul Full of It podcast. We're your hosts, Carrie Raquel and Katie Gersh, and this is the April 2021 Transits and Tarot episode on the Soul Full of It podcast.
0: If you enjoy this episode, please remember to go give us a 5-star rating on iTunes, subscribe and share it out with your networks. All right, let's jump into it. Hello and welcome back, Katie. Thanks, Carrie. It's so good to have you back on the podcast. People might remember you from the very first episode, and we also did the one-year anniversary episode together, which was so much fun.
1: I just remember singing about the Queen of Wands. Bad bitches do it well. Bad
0: bitches do it well. So good, yes. (laughs) So it's Aries season now, but
1: how was Pisces season for you, Katie? Oh my gosh. Well, my moon is in Virgo, which is the opposite (laughs) of Pisces, so uh, it was kind of hard for me. And I just was exhausted. I just wanted to sleep and sleep and sleep.
0: And I just wanted to cry and cry and cry. There was like a week in Pisces season where I straight up cried every day, pretty much leading up to the equinox and the initiation of Aries season. And then it was like a switch changed. And I was like, all right, I'm done crying. Now it's time to make shit happen. So that feels really good. And it's the astrological new year, which of course was With that equinox, but we're still really feeling that energy. It is the sense of renewal. And I don't know about you, but I'm ready to welcome in that Aries cardinal fire. I'm so ready. So some quick announcements to get us started. The first one is really obvious. Uni is not here with us. I'm sure he's listening, though. So shout out to Uni. We love you. We miss you. And we hope that you're just having the best time ever on your adventures in your homeland. And Are excited to welcome you back whenever that comes to fruition. And we've welcomed Katie back onto the podcast. She's going to be helping hold the space with the astrology and the tarot. Katie is an awesome tarot reader. She is learning a lot about astrology, and I'm so stoked that you said yes and that you're down to help create this container of magic together.
1: Thank you for inviting me on. I'm so excited.
0: It is a pleasure. And there are still ways to connect with Uni via Instagram. Aquarian underscore sage, where he does his monthly videos on the tarot, which he will be doing to support the podcast still. And he's also offering readings on an ongoing basis. So you can always reach out to him, jump into his DMs. And also, if you have any questions, he's really chatty. He's got that Gemini rising like I do. And Katie's got the Gemini sun. So really, we're happy to connect with you. And speaking of, Katie, where can people connect
1: with you? Also on Insta, my handle is curious underscore Katie cat but cat is with a K.
0: Awesome. And you can connect with me on Instagram as well at It. And I post all sorts of stuff from astrology and tarot to support the podcast as well. And some behind the scenes stuff. So if you're like, when's the next episode coming out? What's going on? Like that's a good place to get those updates and stay in touch with me and Katie and
1: Unique. It's a love fest.
0: The other quick announcement that we have is a happy birthday to our friends Kayla and Cassie. Happy birthday.
1: And happy birthday to any Aries or Taurus listening to this. It's your season and we love you. We love the energy you bring. And now let's get to the good stuff. Katie, let's hear all about the cards that you pulled for the month of April. I pulled four cards. For the first card of what is here now, I pulled the chariot. So the chariot card shows a warrior standing inside of a chariot. He has crescent moons on his armor. He has a crown that signals victory, success, and spiritual evolution. The chariot tier has no reins, just a wand that he controls with the strength of his mind. Above his head is a canopy of stars that suggests his connection to the celestial world. In front of the vehicle sits two black and white sphinx, representing the duality of positive and negative. Even though the sphinxes pull in opposite directions, the charioteer is able to use his willpower to steer the chariot towards the direction he wants. Behind the chariot flows a wide river that symbolizes the need to be in flow with the rhythm of life, while also charging ahead towards your goals and intentions. This card acts as a good omen, and a sign that there is a big expansion coming. We're at a graduation point, and we're at the gateway to something completely different. Before we do charge forward, it's an invitation to take a deep review of our lives. We need to let go of what no longer needs to come with us. This is a time to consider how far we've come and where we're invited to go next. It's also associated with the sign of cancer. So are you going to stay in that shell that you've outgrown? You're going to get on your chariot and ride.
0: Get on your bike and ride. Yes. (laughs) I love this card. I love the connection to cancer. And I think what you pointed out about there being no reins with the charioteer who is guiding themselves forward. It's about how ready you are and what your current mindset is about where you are going next and checking in with those emotions with those crescent moons present and leaving what is familiar or safe or felt like home before in order to create space for the expansion that awaits
1: you on the other side. Love this card so much. What else did you pull? So the next card I pulled for what is under the surface, the sun. And of course the card has a large sun in it, and it represents the life source of all life on earth. It has sunflowers in the background that represent the four suits of the major arcana and the four elements. There is a young, naked child that sits on top of a white horse, and the child represents the joy of being connected with your inner spirit, and his nakedness is a sign that he has nothing to hide and has all the innocence and purity of childhood. It's also a sign of the white horse of strength. When I look at this, I think that spring, we're in the beginning of the zodiacal wheel, Aries and Taurus and Gemini make me think of the children of the zodiac. And that innocence as well.
0: Yeah, because they really are the very beginning of the wheel. Like They are those childlike features of joy, of initiation, but in a childlike, playful
1: way with the Aries energy.
0: It is really that purity.
1: You know, when you're a kid, I don't think you doubt your greatness. And so this sun, I think it also represents. It's shining light on pieces of your greatness or maybe childlike things. Parts of you that maybe you haven't nurtured that are coming back to light. And so re-remembering your greatness or showing up in the world in ways that you haven't as much before. I also pulled for what we want to embody is the King of Pentacles. And this is fitting since we're going from Aries to Taurus season. And this card is associated with Taurus. So the King of Pentacles sits on the throne with carvings of bulls, Taurus, and grapes, His robe is just filled with grapes. I want to eat them, (laughs) symbolizing wealth and abundance. In his right hand, he holds a scepter of power, and in his left, he holds a golden coin, symbolizing his material influence. So he has the ability to create material wealth and financial abundance, and he can sustain this wealth over time through self-discipline, control, and leadership. At his feet and around the throne sits more vines, flowers, and plants, representing the highest attainment of material success. His castle sits behind him, a symbol of all he has built through his efforts and determination. He's proud of his achievements and likes to show his prized possessions and wealth. He's also very generous, so it's not just keeping it for him. He's also committed to an active spiritual practice and practices every day. How else are you going to manifest unless you're connected to... Your sense of source or the divine to bring the material in, bring in what you want to manifest. And he moves in alignment and integrity, showing up genuinely and honestly. He's aware of the ripples he makes and how his affection, how his actions affect others. Mm. So there's a lot of
0: accountability that comes with it. And I love what you talked about with the generosity. You don't get to being the king of your pentacles. Without sharing and uplifting others. And if you do get there without sharing and uplifting others along the way, you're not going to be on that
1: throne for very long. It also makes me think of the affirmation I lift others up as I myself rise. Which is the affirmation
0: that supports this podcast 100%. I definitely see that. And I love the connection between the cards that you've introduced so far because We do have this castle theme in the background of the chariot as well as the king of pentacles, which brings to my attention that this isn't about being involved in the day-to-day activities that were the norm for us. This isn't about staying in our comfort zone. It's about getting out of our comfort zone to initiate a new cycle to graduate, like you were saying with the chariot, to reclaim that joy of the sun and to be the king of our pentacles, to have that deep resourcing that comes from our connection to spirit and to source, which is really just our connection to ourselves, which leads into the next card that you pulled perfectly.
1: Yes. So the last card I pulled, this one just jumped out separate, is the Harrow font, which I thought that was super fitting since it is a Harrow font year and that the Harrow font is associated with the sign of Taurus, just like the king of pentacles. So the Hierophant is the masculine counterpart of the high priestess, and he's a religious figure sitting with two pillars of the sacred temple, and he has a three-tiered crown that represents the three worlds over which he rules, the conscious, the subconscious, and the superconscious. In his left hand, he holds a papal cross, a triple scepter that signifies his religious status, and he raises his right hand in religious blessing, two fingers pointing towards heaven and two towards earth and below him there are two followers. Herophant's task is to pass down the spiritual wisdom and initiate the two into the church so they can take up their appointed roles. So this imagery talks about a rite of passage to enter to the next level, which also makes me think of the chariot. We're going to the next level. The king of pentacles, we are embodying that next level of the success. And like I said with the king, how he has a spiritual practice every day, the Herophant, You have a connection to the divine source or your intuition that is special to you and unique to you and no one else. And so getting in tune with that, you don't always have to have a teacher to show you that. That's something that you can connect with yourself. We are the
0: teachers that we've been waiting for. Love to see that the Harrow font is popping up in this month's reading to remind us that This is the theme of the year. This is the work that we're all doing right now. We are working with these belief systems. Teachers can only teach us so much. It's up to us to integrate and to apply and to embody and to make the real changes and shifts in order for the information and knowledge that we receive to become a part of us. And to remind yourself what they have, I have too. Mm, And that is the key word for Taurus season is I have. And so when we're in Aries season, like we are in the beginning of the month here, it is I am. So we're kind of playing with these ideas of what I am and what I have. So if you see somebody else who is something that you're like, oh, I want to be that, start affirming that you are that. If you see somebody who has something that you want to have, start affirming that you have that. And if that feels inauthentic, which I totally get, working with affirmations can be a little strange, especially when you're new to it. Start working with the feeling instead. I think that's a good place to start. We were all really deep in our feelings with Pisces season, so it's not that far away to get back to the connection with that and start affirming like, okay, maybe I don't have that new car that so-and-so has because I just don't, (laughs) but I do have the abundance, the ability to expand and to feel as though I already have that. So how would I feel if I was already in that new car? This is how I would feel. This is where I would go. All of those things start coming up, holding that vision now so that we can embody that energy throughout the month is going to serve all of us really well.
1: And just to see what wants to be expressed through you. I think with this king and the Hierophant, if you get connected to spirit, there's so many things you can manifest and there's things that want to be expressed through you as the sun is shining light on those things, reminding you of your power, of your greatness, that you can do it. Got this.
0: Of your grape-ness with all his
1: grapes. (laughs) It's not good. It's grape. That's right. Love it. Thank you so
0: much, Katie, for doing an awesome introduction and overview of the cards for the month. We're going to weave those into the transits. And speaking of, we're starting this month off with Mercury entering Aries on Saturday the 3rd. Mercury is a fast-moving planet, so we're only going to have this energy with us for a couple weeks. But you can anticipate passionate discussions that can turn into heated arguments and direct communication styles. We're moving out of talking about our feelings, which was Mercury in Pisces, and we're stepping into talking about our actions, which is Mercury in Aries. But actions speak louder than words. And this is a transit that asks us, are you ready to bring your dreams to life? If you had been in a winter hibernation like I was since the Great Conjunction back in December on winter solstice, which was 1221, then this transit will serve as an awakener for you. What ideas do you have about your passions? What connections do you want or need to make in order to actualize those ideas out into the physical world? Mercury and Aries is a transit for reigniting your inner fire And on the shadow side, it is the foot and mouth say something that you don't mean or maybe didn't actually mean to say out loud. So think before you speak and apply the well-known golden rules of is it kind? Is it necessary? Asking yourself, is what I'm contributing to the conversation actually adding value? Am I also stoking the flames and the fires of those around me or am I allowing my flame to grow and burn an entire like rainforest to the ground.
1: <laughs> so, those are things to keep in mind for this transit. When you talked about igniting your fire, it just made me think I know there's certain types of breath work that you can do that like reignites the fire. I don't know all the different types of breath work, but I know there's like Kundalini, right? Yeah, things that if you maybe wanna get in a heated argument, maybe just do some, look up some breath work stuff instead and breathe it out before you have that combo.
0: Yeah, that's a really good recommendation. Breathwork is so underrated and it feels like it's coming up more and more into the collective consciousness. We actually have an episode coming out at a future date with a Breathwork facilitator. So that's something that everybody can look forward to, to help you keep a cool and calm head, especially when you're feeling really fired up and excited. And that's really what it is, right? When we get really passionate about something and it can rub someone the wrong way, it's coming from a genuine place of like, I want to share. I want to build. I want to grow. I want to expand. I'm so excited. It's not a time to silence your excitement. It's just a time to
1: temper it, to work with it. Exactly. What's next, Carrie?
0: The same weekend that Mercury enters Aries, we also have Easter Sunday, which is on April 4th. And this might offend some people, but probably not our listeners. So I'm just gonna come out and say it. Easter belonged to the witches before the Christians came in and made it about Jesus. Easter began as a pagan festival, celebrating spring in the northern hemisphere, which is why Easter feels like a second spring equinox. I pass along the reminder of my spring equinox ritual of buying a plant to celebrate the holiday to all of you. And Katie, I'm wondering if you have any. Easter, or maybe more specifically, witchy Easter traditions that you like to do. Maybe we could go sacrifice something together
1: and make it really like old school pagan. I actually don't have any witchy ideas, but I do put nugs of weed in eggs and hide them from myself. Does that (laughs) count? That's like the best
0: thing ever. (laughs) Yes, that does count. And everybody should find a nug of weed somewhere in an Easter egg hidden in their house. That's amazing. I might have to do that for you for Easter as well.
1: I would love that. So
0: good. So next up, we do have the Aries new moon on Sunday, the 11th. So just a week after Easter Sunday. There are many aspects that are very supportive for our Aries new moon today, providing us with a sense of renewal and easing us further into the season of the ram. Aries is cardinal fire. It is the embodiment of initiation witnessed every day in the sun rising as the day breaks. With our Aries new moon conjunct Venus and sextile Mars in Gemini and Jupiter in Aquarius, we feel encouraged to initiate a new cycle involving a recipe of self-appreciation, inspired action, and soulful expansion. What passions really light your fire? The Aries new moon brings with it an invitation to awaken to our true desires and to go after what we want. With the confidence of the chariot and the wisdom of the king of pentacles in our back pockets, we're reminded that we're worthy of receiving what we want. The new moon is also in a square to Pluto, bringing our attention upon what we can and what we cannot control. Sometimes we have to break an old habit in order to create space for a new one to take root. The Aries new moon is here to continue this reignition of our fires that Aries season is always here to remind us of and inspire us to share our flames
1: to warm and uplift all of those who surround us. I definitely think this ties in with the chariot, as you mentioned, as well as the sun. So with the chariot, you're reviewing your life and thinking about what you can take with you and what can't stay. And the old habits are that are no longer serving you. The old habits, they got to go. They got to go. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and then the sun, it's about a time of rebirth and showing up in the world in a new way. You're ready to rebuild. But what do you need to fully embrace about yourself to do this? And as you had mentioned, yeah, when you shine, you encourage others to do the same. And that's how empowerment works. Empowered people empower other people. And the
0: Aries new moon is this new cycle of empowerment. You can have what you desire, but first you have to identify what it is that you want and then affirm to yourself that you deserve to have it. That will get you going so that you can get in your chariot and move forward to reclaiming that joy, reclaiming that light, getting that sun into your life. Even if you're not in the Northern Hemisphere and you're having the shift of seasons into the winter, heading towards the winter, you can still hold this light within yourself. And for those of us who are in the Northern Hemisphere, we're seeing the signs of spring all around us. And that growth reflects back to us the reminder that we too are always growing and getting to know ourselves better and getting
1: to grow our flames larger so that our light can be shared. When I do meditation, what I typically do is imagine that my body is being filled with light, like the sun, which kind of reminds me of how the Hierophant is pulled into this, how your your rituals and your practice and the way you connect to the divine that can help you with that renewal and reconnecting to your greatness, those parts of yourself that are amazing that you maybe forgot about. So we are
0: re-remembering. Like you were saying earlier about the sun card, it's connecting to that childlike energy that lives within us that has maybe been silenced by society because, I mean, it's not really publicly acceptable to be a naked child, you know, riding a, what is he on?
1: (laughs) He's on a (laughs) horse. Riding a horse.
0: I always want to say that that's a unicorn. He's riding a unicorn in my book.
1: Makes it more magical. Well, what I also thought was interesting is that last month, the devil card was pulled which is kind of about doubt. And so when you overcome that self-doubt that you can embody the king of pentacles, you can embody the sun, you can embody the chariot, you can move forward past that because you've overcome those self-doubts and you have reminded yourself, I am worthy. I can shine. And I will shine,
0: damn it. So following our Aries new moon on Wednesday the 14th, we have Venus entering Taurus. This is a pretty quick transit, about three weeks, and it makes me think of the song by Skylar Gray that's, I'm coming home, I'm coming home, tell the world I'm coming home, because Venus is really at home in Taurus, and this is a transit for exploring and appreciating our senses as well as connecting to our physical bodies, especially with all this crazy business that's been going on with the pandemic still. If you can taste or smell things right now, you have really got it made, and you should be grateful for that. Venus and Taurus on the bright side can be very sensual, grounding, and somewhat of a homebody transit. These weeks with Venus at home might make you want to stay at home, too, which is good for people who are still in quarantine, obviously. But this is also a great transit for getting outdoors and into nature as one of the archetypes of Taurus is the nature spirit. An invitation that I have for our listeners is to get outside going for a hike or just a walk around the block and try to engage all five of your senses. Touch, smell, sight, hearing, and taste. Reflecting as you're walking or hiking on what it is that you're seeing, what it is that you're smelling, what it is that you're hearing, what it is that you're feeling, or what it is that you're tasting. And this is definitely a stop and smell the roses transit in If you want to take that all the way and engage all five senses, you could even
1: eat the rose to check that off your list. I was actually hearing about rose codes and just how rose is such a high frequency. And I actually went to the rose gardens. They're not blooming yet, that many. And I found a white rose. And white rose has high healing energy and purifies anything blocking you from your highest alignment.
0: I love the Rose Garden here in Portland. We're so lucky. It is known as the City of Roses. And I didn't know that about the white rose and the symbolism. And it's cool that we're recording and you brought the rose and it's here helping raise our vibrations as we're going through this episode to relay all this magic to you guys. And I just think that's awesome. So, yeah, if you are able to access getting your hands on some roses and having that present or even rose water is really wonderful for getting that connection to spirit, getting that connection to nature. And that's really going to fit very well with Venus and Taurus is connecting to that high
1: vibrational frequency that roses contain. I would say essential oils. If you have happen to have rose essential oils, I've heard that's actually really rare, but lavender. Yeah, rose essential oil is expensive as fuck too. Like
0: that shit is not cheap. Worth it. It's worth it. That's why I suggest rose water. If you can't afford a rose bottle of essential oil because it's like over $100, get you some rose water. Our girl, Frida, makes some phenomenal rose water. She was episode 28. Plant allyship. Check it out. Connect with her. She can get you some good rose water. And you'll want to have that for Venus and Taurus in this transit to support that high vibrational energy that we are embodying as Venus transits through Taurus. On the shadow side, though, of this transit, much like Venus and Aries, it can lead to overspending. The big difference being that Venus and Aries will overspend because I want to treat myself, whereas Venus and Taurus, okay, well, it's a little bit of the same, (laughs) but it's also overspending on some more short-term things like eating out rather than longer-term things like an Aries will invest in. That being said, if you're in America, you likely recently got a $1,400 stimulus check. And it's been a hell of a year, so I'm not going to tell anybody what they should or shouldn't spend their money on or treat themselves for. But I will suggest that you sleep on it before you go impulse buying something. Following Venus entering Taurus, we're going to have the sun enter Taurus on the 19th. This is Taurus season beginning, and Mercury is also entering Taurus on the same day as the sun. Slow and steady, the bowl of the zodiac is wise. With the knowing that timing is everything, and we are always right on time, even when we are, quote, late by other standards. A fixed earth sign, those with strong Taurus placements are known for their stubborn ways, just as much as they are known for their great taste. I saw a meme years ago where there were these different funny titles for make-believe autobiographies for each sun sign, and the one for Taurus I never forgot because it was so accurate. It said you can't make me spend my money. (laughs) And if that isn't the truth, I don't know what is. Taurus is either 100% in the bitch or 100% not down for it. And there is rarely a middle ground. With Mercury entering Taurus on the same day as the sun, we are engaging with our brains from a headspace of, is this practical, sustainable? Is it going to last? Taurus certainly enjoys the short-lived pleasures of life just as much as the next Zodiac sign, but Taurus also understands that stability is paramount to living a life of quality. This means that as we step into the season of the bowl, we are cautious about sharing our words and ideas, and with Taurus also being a very creative and musical sign, it may better serve us to express what visions we hold within our minds
1: through some creative outlets. This definitely feels like Hierophant energy to me, since it has to do with your connection to source. And so what can you do to feel connect to the divine? Some people, it would be singing. For me, it's dancing, but it could also be just connecting to your garden, tending your garden, painting. And
0: if you don't have a physical garden, tending to your soul garden. I'm always a big fan of pulling out weeds and sometimes weeds are people or jobs or places. As we are moving forward and graduating From Aries season and moving into Taurus
1: season, we really need to re-engage with our resourcing. What holds us? Another just random fun fact is on April 19th, it is Bicycle Day. I don't know if anyone else knew about Bicycle Day, but I had recently discovered this, that Albert Hoffman is the man who created LSD, and he discovered the effects of it on accident in his lab in 1943 it was originally created for respiratory issues that was the thought going into it he got some on his hands when he was in the lab and was like i gotta i gotta go i can't work I can't work (laughs) like this and had the first psychedelic bike ride and the first person to experience the effects of lsd and so now april 19th is known as bicycle day so if you see people on their bikes on april 19th i mean they might also be on a magical bike ride. Yeah, you should ask them if their name is Lucy. <laughs> if they've been in the sky with any diamonds lately.
0: Get on your bikes and ride. <laughs> Get on your chariot and ride. That's the theme of the month. Totally. I love that share and think it's so interesting how we can have these intentions for what something is going to help with or heal like he did with this respiratory focus. And yet that's not the way that things turned out. Things turned out much better, in my opinion. For him, I mean, I bet that was the best bicycle ride of his life. I think so, too. Yeah. You can't beat those views. You really can't. That being said, people should be safe about how they're utilizing any extracurricular activities. And really, the extracurricular activity that is the most focused on in the month of April is on 420, which is a holiday people in Oregon like to celebrate. That's for sure. And I don't know if you guys are familiar with Third Eye Pinecones. They make these really epic necklaces that I love. Katie, you and I both have like multiple pairs.
1: I think I have at least three.
0: Yeah, I'm obsessed. I only have two right now, but I need a third. And I mentioned this only because I love them so much. They're so beautiful. And they typically do have a sale on 420s. And I will probably buy myself a new necklace on this day to add to my little collection because they're so awesome. And they just remind me of the earth because they are these epic beautiful pine cones. And so when I wear mine, it makes me feel more grounded and more connected to the earth, which is very Taurus season. It's a great accessory to have and wear to help remind you to stay deeply rooted, to help remind you that you are the king of your pentacles. Obviously, there are a lot of other options out there for other things. So I I would recommend that you just find what works for you. And for me, I, I like wearing one piece of jewelry or something that's like physical. Especially for Taurus season, because it's such a physical sign that really helps me remember. But for other people, it's getting outside and getting their hands dirty in their garden. So, if that's what's going to help you feel divinely rooted, you should be making time and space for that. And if smoke and weed is what gets you there, I mean, it's 420, so enjoy yourself.
1: <laughs> One of the pinecone necklaces that I love the most actually has a butterfly wing. And when I got it, I told myself it's going to represent transformation. And when I think of butterflies, I do think of the spring. And if I think of a Taurus, I think of them out in the world with the woodland creatures like Snow White. And I could imagine a butterfly definitely landing on their hand.
0: Oh my gosh. Yes. To all of that. And following 420 and the sun moving into Taurus and Mercury and Taurus, we've got Venus and Taurus earlier in the month. Now it is time for Earth Day. And on Earth Day, we do have Venus conjunct Uranus in Taurus all these planets and Taurus are going to form a conjunction with Uranus throughout the month, which is really going to shake things up a lot for us. And with Venus conjunct Uranus and Taurus specifically, you could be asking yourself, you know, what is your relationship, which is Venus, to the changes, Uranus, that are currently happening to our planet, which is Taurus? Can you commit to one small Lifestyle or habit change that lessens your carbon footprint. Venus is also connected to our physical bodies, and we are Earth beings with bodies made of the Earth that will one day return to the Earth. What we do to our planet, we are in turn doing to ourselves. So, how can we be better allies for Mother Earth? I recently made one small sustainable shift in my life. I bought these reusable bamboo makeup remover pads. Again, a really small change, but big changes are made up of lots and lots of small changes. I bought the throwaway makeup remover pads for years and never thought about the possibility that there was a more sustainable alternative out there until my friend Jocelyn mentioned it. That was a while ago, but recently I remembered that recommendation and now I'm one small step closer to taking better care of myself and this place that we all call home. Venus conjunct Uranus and Taurus supports us in whatever changes we are making. And if we are going to be the king of our pentacles, then we need to show up with genuine reverence for the planet that we all share.
1: Even if you're someone who has a water bottle, you're not buying a bunch of water bottles. plastic. Yes. So there's that. I would also say it's not a huge change, but you can get little composts. And for, you know, food that you would normally put in the trash that would just add to all the trash that we have, you can actually have a little compost, then it turns into soil and you can use it for your plants in your garden. That's a very good idea. Yeah. All the
0: small shifts, we don't need to downplay them because they do add up and they create big change over time. And just like you said with the water bottle, it's such a small thing, but not buying water bottles all the time is so good for our planet. I also have the reusable straws now, which I did resist yes. <laughs> for a long time, but I do have those and they're they're pretty great. That Friday after Earth Day, we have Mars entering Cancer. This transit is a little bit over a month long and Cancer is not really a sign that Mars loves occupying because the water and depth of the sign of the crab asks for patience where Mars keeps saying, But are we there yet? No, we're not there yet, but we are well on our way. We're also being guided forward on our paths by our emotions, which Mars isn't super keen on. It can feel uncomfortable asking for what you want during this transit, and it can also feel as though the journey is full of twists and turns and mood swings to boot. My best advice for navigating these waters are to suit up for the weather. That's how I always enjoy my walks in the rain. I prepare for them adequately with rain boots, a raincoat, and an umbrella. And yeah, don't give me any hate. I'm in Portland and I use an umbrella. (laughs) I'm one of those. As Mars moves through Cancer in the coming weeks, it's helpful to remember that life is not a race. It is an ocean. And the ocean creates movement via waves. If you're a fan of the Mandalorian, then you'll get this joke. As we navigate Mars and Cancer, you can just keep telling
1: yourself, This is the wave.
0: Have you seen The Mandalorian, Katie?
1: No, I have no idea (laughs) what you're talking about. Sorry. Do you like Star Wars? Sure. Why not?
0: (laughs) You're so not a movie person or TV show person. It's just very
1: confusing. It's like out of order. And (laughs) there's like, I don't even know how many. Are there seven? I think there's
0: more than seven Star Wars movies now. I mean, like significantly more. Because it's just all, they're remaking it constantly. I can't keep up with it either. I'm actually not a Star Wars person,
1: but... I did love the Mandalorian because Baby Yoda is everything. I do like people in outer space. I mean, I think that just in general is pretty cool. It's out of this world. What do you think about this transit, Katie? This energy is definitely the chariot. There's the river behind him that represents his flow of life. And then there's the moons on his shoulder, which makes me also think about the high priestess because she has the moon at her feet Then he has the two sphinxes, you know, at his feet. And then she has the black and white pillars. So I see a lot of things that are similar. And you're on lunar time. You're connected to your intuition. You don't want to speed up any of those phases. You want to
0: tune in to what feels good and allow your feelings to guide you forward, which is Mars and cancer energy. Do I really want this? Why do I want it? Am I ready to leave behind the crab shells that have held me in the past so that I can maybe discover a new way of being, a new version of me that's waiting to be awakened in this transit? And we're in this transit for over a month, like I said, so we've got some time to really integrate Mars in Cancer. Even though Mars doesn't love being in Cancer, we can still make the most of this. We can still love this transit. And if you know anybody who has a natal Mars in cancer placement, then you'll know that the way that they initiate action is very connected to their intuition and is very connected to what feels good to them. And there's a lot that we can learn from tuning into our feelings before we act upon them. At the same time, the shadow side of this is to remember that feelings aren't facts. And I feel like I say that in every episode. As a Pisces moon, I kind of have to say that to myself every day, (laughs) so it's something I'm always working with, but with this transit, it's good to sit with it before you decide to initiate it. And after Mars moves into Cancer, we have the Scorpio super full moon on the 26th, and Scorpio is fixed water, a highly intuitive and sensitive sign with a transformational healing capacity. The Scorpio super full moon forms a T-square with the sun and the moon in an opposition and both of the luminaries forming the square to the same planet, which in this instance is Saturn. This is going to manifest as tension around how we are currently working to restructure our lives in order to create space for our desires to manifest following the Aries new moon earlier in the month. With Saturn forming a trine to the North Node in Gemini, we are supported in reaching out to our future selves and asking, what did you let go of in order to become who you really are? Meditating with the visual of interviewing your future self, or more specifically your higher self, is a great practice to incorporate into your full moon ritual this month. We also have Uranus, Venus, and Mercury all conjunct the sun and Taurus, illuminating the changes we need to be initiating and the way we communicate with ourselves and others about any hurt from our past that might still be influencing our present moment. Mars Square Chiron keeps the theme of healing painful patterns at the forefront of our minds, and it's up to us to decide if we will use that awareness to evolve and expand or if we will choose to drag our feet on intentional self-improvement. Mars Trine Jupiter hints at the gifts that we will unearth if we're willing to travel deep, enough within ourselves to access the higher self wisdom that wants to emerge and help guide us forward. To me, this full moon definitely feels like an invitation to engage more with that Hierophant work that we're working with throughout the year, but it also is reminiscent of some of the cards
1: that we pulled last month. Definitely. With the Ten of Swords, it reminds us how have we been getting in our own way? And to overcome that, we also had the Page of Swords to harness the energy of the earth and root work and not being afraid to get our hands dirty and get to the root of what's holding us back. And then we also had the Page of Cups, which is listening to our intuition, which ties into the Hierophant and your connection to Source. I definitely think meditating, visualizing the future self, something that I've recently done is I started going to acupuncture. And with that, I can actually relax. And I was seeing colors and I was in this meditative state that I couldn't get to by myself. And so I think everyone has a different way of connecting and getting to that space. But if you find that you try something new, I'm definitely going to try going to acupuncture on this full moon and getting more in tune.
0: And that's a great way to embody Taurus season as well as the Scorpio energy because when we are working with the full moon, we're always integrating where the sun is and the sun is in Taurus and the moon is in Scorpio, that opposition. This is an access that reminds us of our resourcing. And when we feel stable and resourced, we're able to integrate all the page work that we've been doing like last month when we pulled both of those pages to really step up into the king of pentacles, energy, That is present and ready for us to take hold this month.
1: We also pulled the king of wands. You know, moving from the king of wands, the mastery of yourself, finding the truth, your divine gifts, knowing yourself, and moving to the king of pentacles. So we still have this king energy here that is wanting to be embodied.
0: Yeah, and now that you mention it, it's worth noting that the cards that we pulled this month, we did pull a second king. I kind of forgot about the king of wands, to be honest. I'm glad you brought it up from last month, but this month, we also have three of those cards our major arcana. The Font, the Chariot, the Sun. That's pretty epic to have so much big energy present. And when we have energy that's this large, in Soul Tarot, it's about surrendering to that energy. It's about allowing that energy to guide us forward and not questioning it, not allowing that 10 of Swords from last month to derail our process of evolution. We have to believe in ourselves is really the magic. And Scorpio full moon is about believing in what you already know to be true for you, which is herophant work in every way. Our last transit that we want to mention for this month is Pluto stationing retrograde. And Pluto is retrograde for approximately five months every year. So while this isn't an irregular thing, it still holds significance. The farthest out known celestial body from us here on Earth, Pluto is the planet of power, transformation, and generational evolution. When Pluto is retrograde, we're opening a doorway to our souls and taking a peek into our past and the patterns that have held us captive to our comforts and stunted our growth before.
1: Just like the devil card that Uni pulled last month. There's the lovers at the feet of the devil. They also have the grapes. And there's the key, but they can let themselves free at any time. And the devil is that energy of doubt, self-doubt. You're never going to be worthy. You're never going to make it. You don't deserve this. Who do you think you are to have these great things? But you are worthy. You do deserve it. You can be the king of pentacles that your robe is covered in grapes. And you're the one sitting on the throne.
0: Yes, I think that the King of Pentacles is an awesome ally for this entire Pluto retrograde to remember that resourcing, to remember that abundance and to work with not just the I am of Aries and the I have of Taurus, but to tie the two together into the I deserve, like what you were just saying. I think that's a really beautiful foundation to help remind us that we are worthy of transformation. We don't need to stay where we have felt safe and familiar in the past and stunt our own growth. We can dream beyond. We can allow ourselves to let transformation take hold of us. And it's okay if we don't know where we're going. It's okay if we're in our chariot and we're a little confused about why these fucking sphinxes are at our feet. And well, They're not wheels. They're not rolling forward. Maybe this chariot isn't what's going to get us there. Maybe we need to get out of this fucking chariot. Maybe we need to get naked and get on a horse and ride it into the sun, <laughs> like the sun <laughs> card. I mean, maybe that's what we need to do. Maybe we need to be working with our beliefs in the Hierophant and our roots in the King of Pentacles. I love all of these themes. And Pluto is currently in Capricorn, which is an earth sign, but it is going to enter Aquarius in 2023 and then in 2024 it will enter aquarius again and stay there for nearly two decades so if you want to work with pluto's magic during this retrograde period on a more personal level take a look at your natal chart and look at where you have capricorn specifically 24 to 26 degrees because pluto's so far out from us it moves very very slowly so it's transit in a year is only you know a handful of degrees every year which is why it can stay in a sign for so long. So looking at 24 to 26 degrees Capricorn in your chart, do you have any planets within that tight two degree orb? What house is your natal Pluto located in, as well as something that you can tune into? And what sign? Because Pluto moves so slowly through the Zodiac, it only transits through three or four houses and signs in one lengthy lifetime. These houses and signs therefore hold significance to your soul's purpose, so they're worth reviewing and getting to know as they will help you heal wounds that are known and unknown from this lifetime and previous lifetimes as well. And with Pluto, I feel like there is a really strong, potent connection to our past selves. And sometimes the things that come up during a Pluto transit, they don't get resolved quickly. I mean, this thing is retrograde for like 5 months. So you're not going to transform overnight, you know. The butterfly doesn't break out of the cocoon. I mean, I guess it could break out of overnight, but it's goo for how long? A while. It's it takes time. And so we need to really be patient with ourselves in the changes that are happening and continue to hold the vision. That has been such a mantra for me. I all through Pisces season and even into Aries season and now in Taurus season. Holding the vision. What is your why? What do you want? Why do you want it? Getting clear about the desires, even if you're not sure about what the destination is, what's fueling you. That will help you with your chariot work. That will help you with your sun work too, which is like, what do I wanna radiate? What do I wanna bring into the light so that I can share? And as I'm sharing it, where am I gathering my energy from? What are my resources? Which is pentacles. And ultimately, what do I believe about any of this to be true? What do I believe about myself to be true? And with Pluto and transformation work, it's what are my beliefs back to the deserving around my worthiness to transform? It's a lot of big stuff this month. And of course it is. We've got all these major arcana cards. We've got a king present. This is a big month for growth that I don't think we're going to have as much control over as we would maybe like to have.
1: Yeah, with the sun showing up in a new way, ways that we haven't before. And there are things that are ready to grow. We just have to nurture it and stay steady on the course to keep the momentum. There's the soul garden and then obviously the physical garden, the material of what will manifest. Definitely. Definitely.
0: So, with all of that being said, that is the magic that we have to share with you guys for the month of April. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for supporting the podcast. We hope that you have an awesome end of Aries season and beginning of Taurus season. And, Katie, thank you so much for joining us on this episode.
1: Thank you so much. And I just can't wait for May. It's going to be May. May. Oh, my God. Yes.
0: Except for like cancel Justin Timberlake. And go watch the Framing Britney documentary. And then you'll know why.
1: (laughs) Oh, I haven't seen that. It's so good. It's on Hulu. Highly recommend.
0: We are a free Britney supporting podcast. That's for sure. And we will catch you guys in the next episode. And I hope you have a soulful month. Bye. I was going to be like, it's Britney, bitch. (laughs) Oh my God, say it.
1: It's Britney, bitch. (laughs) That's right. I think we did good. I just feel like.